Welcome to the Keegan Smith Podcast. Choose what you give your life to or have it stolen from you. My mission is to rewire for power. We've all been gifted massive potential. This podcast is about unwrapping that gift. What if you could? Potentiating wellness, abundance, and movement. Today's podcast is proudly brought to you by Real Movement Level 1. Real Movement was started in 2014 to help coaches get better. Since that time, it's helped over 70 of its members open new training facilities and dozens of its members get started working in professional teams. Some of those coaches are now running programs in professional teams around the world. The program is designed not just around increasing your knowledge. You can go and sit on YouTube all day and hear information about just about anything out there. What this program is about is about you experiencing and taking on your best self. You get three days face-to-face and three months of online development. Get into it. All right, here we go. Episode number four. Been getting some great feedback. I really appreciate messages. People tell me that it's fired them up for their training, uh, that they've subscribed. There's a few comments coming through. Really appreciate that stuff. Uh, what I was listening to yesterday, I was listening to Tim Ferriss talking about podcasting and something that he said there just hit me and hit the nail on the head. That thing was, if the pain of not expressing what is going to be expressed in the podcast is greater than the pain of actually doing it, then you're on a winning path. Then, then you're, you know, you're going in the right direction. And that is very much how I feel. I had a question there from uh, Matt Healy, who's a CrossFit athlete, uh, extremely you know, powerful athlete, great athlete. He actually came up and stayed at my place together with uh, Khan Porter and Ben Garrard and Hayden Wolfsbauer. They did a training camp at my place uh, some time ago. And, uh, you know, Matt's a real thinking guy. Some of you might might know him, might, might have followed his stuff. And he, he kind of comes across as, um, you know, funny dude and pretty laid back and crazy. He likes to do wacky things. But he's a real thinker. He thinks a lot about his training and he was definitely uh, – directing a lot you know i would say he was kind of the brains behind the outfit when those four guys came to play uh, at my place and he asked me the question like why don't you just go train you know have some fun with your family you know do do uh do, do good stuff each day and just call it at that and like basically saying like why would you bother to do this and why are you trying to sort of tell people you know what to do or what's been like the most valuable stuff that you've learned like why don't you just chill out a bit and just let let life glide along and it's a good question. Like it wasn't really phrased like that, but I think that's what he was getting at. And uh, yeah, I mean, I just, it, it, it's, that's never been my way. Like I've always been someone who strives for more. Uh, I've always wanted to, to do well uh, as a kid. And, you know, it probably does come back to a lot of things of, you know, the way my, my parents were both, you know, athletes and, and I was probably to some degree, you know, competing uh with everyone and everything towards you know affection and and there's probably a big emotional side to it but ultimately you know we are here for growth for expansion for co-evolution and i think podcasts and mm, blogging and you know the democratization of media has given us an opportunity as humanity to to evolve much faster than what can happen uh, if we're just paying attention to mainstream media. You know, if mainstream, uh, watching the TV last night, you know, I watched the footy, you know, work back working with the Roosters this year, and it's probably, I probably wouldn't have watched that game if, if it wasn't for that. But, you know, it was I enjoyed watching the footy, like, 
Um, yeah, there was some bits of creativity, and I feel like there's you know some nice athletic stuff happening there. All the crap around it, you know, it's sponsored by gambling agencies, junk food, you know, everything that's going to make life worse for a lot of people. You know, they they have the money to be able to be in between footy, and that's you know the propaganda around footy uh, and around all elite sport is is you know all consistently around things that will decrease the quality of life uh, for for the human beings who engage with those things. So that that's a challenge for me, like to be even exposing myself to it, even like just from that outsider's point of view of like, I'm definitely not going to eat that food. I'm not going to place bets on anything. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not in this game, but still being exposed to it over and over again, just kind of feels like I'm actually supporting it in, in some sort of way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's why I do this. That's why, you know, I, I feel like there's, there's a lot that can be done better and my life has got better through applying the things that I share in this and so I'm going to continue to do it. So that's uh, intro rant. Today's podcast, we're talking about uh, junior athletes, okay? So from my heart to junior athlete, uh, this is a big one. This is one that I really want to get something powerful across. Human potential is is really what inspires me like I, I just see massive potential in in everybody and it's just something that drives me to sort of help to inspire people to to explore a little bit more of theirs um, and every day like I think that's really what we're, we're here for is to collectively explore our potential you know um, but to collectively explore our potential then we, we need to develop ourselves individually um, young athletes, this is something that's really powerful and, and something that's close to my heart because, you know, I had the dream of becoming an Olympic athlete and I was probably, you know, driven as a kid in a way that most kids aren't driven uh, to compete. My earliest memories, I, I competed hard. I wanted to, um, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to win and I wanted to give my all into anything that was in front of me. So if you're a kid and you identify with that, if you've got a dream, you know, if you can sort of see a vision for yourself uh, of doing something at the highest level of being able to explore your physical capacity and your your mental capacity to go to another level, then, you know, this is, this is for you. This is, I'm talking to you here. Uh, First thing is, and if you only take one thing from this, don't listen to naysayers. Don't listen to people who think that you have capped potential. This was massively negative for me. I, I had people who told me, I had my, my dad told me, you're never going to be fast because I was slow. I was slow because I was weak. And when I got strong, I got fast. I became one of the fastest players. I did the, the, the speed roles. I played hockey and I wanted to go to the Olympics for hockey. And... Um, and at like 14, 15, my dad told me, look, you're going to be slow, but you can always build your endurance because that was the dominant paradigm. And, you know, he was working in the NRL and I guess he wasn't having, you know, strength and conditioning coaches show him dramatic improvements in athleticism uh, in athletes. And, and it just, I guess it'd been his experience. Uh, you're not going to go from being slow to being the fastest in the world, but anyone with good training can become quick and I think you know to be among the top you know 20% in athletes is pretty much within reach of anyone because most athletes aren't 
developing themselves optimally. Okay, so that's one specific thing. Like if you're slow and if you're weak, then get fast and, and get strong. You can change that stuff so much that buying into the belief of no, I'm just gonna be slow. That's that's not going to be useful. Now you got to do you got to do the work. You got to get the process right. You need to be um, you know, attached to the right people who are going to help you to to become fast and to become strong. If that's what we're talking about, but do not listen to people who tell you this is not going to happen for you. Nobody, nobody alive, science or theology, knows the potential of any human being, and that that goes for you. Okay, so. We don't know what you're capable of. We know that you will improve and that you will adapt. Epigenetics now. So epigenetics is the study of your genes, your DNA. That stuff tells us that what you do every day, what you think every day, the energy that you're around every day, actually changes the messages that are that are creating your body. Okay, So the DNA is sending signals to the body, um, creating proteins and chemicals and, and modulating your hormones and you know impacting your you know every every component of what makes you an athlete your energy production all of those things are being impacted by the foods that you eat the thoughts that you think your energy if you just sit there and laugh for half an hour and have your you know genes tested for you know how activated they are before and after you'll have a change in which which genes have the dimmer switch turned way up and which 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 genes have the dimmer switch t- turned way down there's a measurable change in that stuff in in a short period of time like from one stimulus so every training session is having impact on that your thoughts are having an impact on that okay think of it like if you're in a room and you want to turn the the dimmer switch up um so you can get more light into the room or you turn it way down so there's hardly any light or it's completely off this is what we do by our daily actions, by our environment. So, you know, I don't uh, hold it against my dad. It was probably a really good thing for me that I got to to sort of prove him wrong with that. Um, you know, I don't know if he ever acknowledged it or whatever. It wasn't a it wasn't a big thing. I don't think I've ever even spoken to him about it. But it was huge for me to be able to to get to a point where you know I knew I was one of the quickest guys, um, and especially in terms of acceleration. That's very, very trainable, okay? How much force can you produce? How quickly can you produce that force? It's highly trainable. How much, you know, to get those first three steps and to be able to stop and go, you know, improving vertical jump, these things are highly trainable. You know, it doesn't mean that you're going to be able to be the best in the world. There's only one best in the world in, in each physical trait. Um, so it's going to be, you know, it's very difficult to be that best of the best. If you don't have the genetic... Um, gifts to you know to be best of the best then you're not going to be best of the best but you can be amongst the best you can make that a strength and not a weakness by doing the work okay um so don't don't listen to people who tell you that you know you're not quite there uh i had a limiting belief around skill development i wasn't great with attacking skills i didn't score many goals and you know, as I started to attack these these negative beliefs and, and things and just work on my goal shooting and just work on my dribbling the ball and just wanting to prove people wrong and wanting to get to a level that I hadn't been to, you know, that, that happened. It did happen and just put more and more time into it. Okay, so look at yourself and if you don't have a part of the game that other kids have, 
then chances are you just haven't done as much work on it. It didn't come naturally to you or you started the game a bit later when other kids already had more of that. And you've kind of always thought, well, yeah, that's not as big a part of my game. Keep adding to your game. Keep adding to your skill set. Keep adding to what you're good at. And yeah, you can you can definitely turn a weakness into a strength. Um, so yeah, it's it's something you have to be really careful with. But buying into other people's perception of what your strengths and weaknesses are is going to play a huge impact. You know, it's going to make a big difference in in where you eventually get to. Um, so that. Yeah, that's that's number one. If if your coach thinks you're just a role player, if you think you're a bench player, that's okay. All, all he's basing that on is his personal experience, and he's doing his best. But that doesn't have to be your reality. If you're a bench player right now, you know, realize that some of the best athletes and and you know most famous athletes of all time struggled to make teams. You know, Michael Jordan struggled through high school basketball and and college basketball, and you know he was beaten by his older brother. Um, and, and friends, and he, you know, he struggled to make his way into the sport, and, and he became the greatest ever. You know, so that story is is there throughout history. When you feel like you're furthest from being who you want to be, there's power in that. Take that energy, take that, take that fear, take that distance, and and turn that into. I'm just going to keep working hard at this. I don't mind what happens. I'm just going to keep working hard at this. Okay, so what I'm talking about there is a process focus. Okay, so this is maybe our, our second point here. If, we, if we're saying the first one is naysayers, naysayers, people who say no, who say nay, uh, don't listen to them. They are not you. They do not know. If they think they know, then they're full of shit. Their job is to assess you based on what you're doing right now and their perception of what you're going to progress to um, based on what your attitude is, based on your work ethic. Like that's their job. That's okay. But they don't know how much work you're willing to do. They don't know how much, you know, how hard you, you, you're going to train, how much you, difference you want to make. So don't listen to, to people who tell you not that you can't make it. At the same time, you need to be very coachable. Okay, so how do you be coachable without ignoring your coach uh, who, who thinks you you know you're not going to make it? Well, ask that coach why why I'm not, not going to make it. You know, and, and one of my early coaches there, Barry Reed, um, you know, he he said that he said, look, you're too slow and you're too weak, and I missed out on the under 16s uh, New South Wales team, and I was heartbroken because you know the teams that I wanted that I played for were consistently very competitive um you know we overachieved a lot and I, and I was always a key player and I just felt like I wasn't getting a a fair go at it and and that's what he said to me and you know I didn't just take that as well that's what's going to be my future but I did something about that you know so that's really when I started to consistently develop myself physically so Take their advice, you know, to an extent, you know, whatever they think, oh, you're not a good enough shooter or, you know, you just don't work hard enough in defense or whatever it is and, and prove them wrong with that. You know, use that as, use that as fuel, get some clarity from that. Um, but you want to be really coachable. And a, and a great story with this is, uh, Steve Kerr. He was the white guy on the Bulls team who, you know, worked for what he, what he got and, you know, he's part of one of the greatest teams in basketball history. 
but he was never, you know, he was nothing on Jordan, and no one was anything on Jordan really in that team, even Scotty Pippen and whatever. But it's, you know, there's a, there's a famous story there where Jordan, you know, would consistently you know, take advice from from Steve Kerr, and Steve Kerr would would give you know his criticisms and feedback uh, to Michael Jordan, and this was from you know the greatest player in history, potentially, you know, getting advice from a guy who was a role player, you know, and his ability to take that advice is a real strength of Jordan. And if I, you know, bring it a bit closer to home, you know, Sonny Bill Williams was always looking for an edge. He was always looking for something to add to his game. He was always looking for, okay, what have you got for me now? What can I be doing here that I'm not doing right now that could make me better? And, you know, that mentality has stayed with him despite whatever contracts in front of him, you know, whatever money he's making, whatever level he's performing at, I've never seen him, you know, not have that attitude. And so that is, you know, yeah, that's what we should all strive for. And it's not easy, right? Everyone can say, well, yeah, I'm coachable, but are you really? Like, is there too much ego there that's sort of saying, well, yeah, no, maybe I don't want to learn off this guy or actually I'm not going to go back and, and learn that basic skill because I'm already at a pretty high level and it's kind of embarrassing for me to spend a lot of time, you know, working on left to right pass or, um, you know, just catching ability because, well, like, I can catch the ball. I've been practicing this for ages. Why would I go back and break my technique down and, and relearn again? That's what it takes. You know, the stories are there with Tiger Woods, even after he'd, he'd been successful and he'd, you know, come on the scene and, and been a sensation, he redesigned his swing and he did it again. You know, he did it multiple times. He went back and um, changed his swing, which meant in the short term that he was significantly worse as a player. You know, Novak Djokovic has recently, you know, been going through the same thing. You, you'll see the best athletes will be humble enough to reinvent themselves. Okay, so if they are humble enough to reinvent themselves, then probably we, sh we should all be. Um, so around that coachability is continue to expand, add new things. When you can do things you couldn't do, then you give yourself an opportunity to get things you couldn't get. Okay, so continue to learn that, you know, coaching, coachability is taking those lessons from other people we want to be learning new things consistently, okay? So Real Movement pro Project and, you know, the, the systems that I've built are around the things that I feel give the biggest general fundamental base, okay? So regardless of what sport you play, being able to juggle with your hands and your feet, being mobile, uh, you know, having high rate of force production, being able to produce a lot of force, um, you know, loaded gait, all of these pillars of our program will carry over to, to a bigger foundation across the board. Okay, so you can't be training everything all the time, but you can look for some fundamentals that will assist you and accelerate your progress. So I'm a, a massive believer in juggling. Uh, it has, you know, there's plenty of research there showing left and right brain connection and improvements uh, in coordination, increased uh, volume of gray matter and white matter. So sort of key stuff in the brain, you get more of it. The connection between the left side of your brain and the right side of your brain, which is so essential for quality movement, that that connection becomes more dense. So, you know, 
what I guess the biggest thing with juggling there is that you can always get better at it. There's always a drill there that's too hard and that makes you feel like, well, I'm, I'm really hopeless at this. But then you also get things that become extremely automatic. So initially, it's difficult to three ball juggle. You know, to be able to, to juggle unconsciously for, for a minute, it'll take people, you know, take some people a week, it'll take some people a month, it might take some people a, a year. It doesn't really matter how long it takes um, from this perspective of learning. From the perspective of being an elite athlete, I have found that elite athletes will pick things up faster. But really what we want to see is persistence. Uh, persistence is the key and you don't get to four ball juggle or five ball juggle without extreme persistence. Okay, so if you can discipline yourself to get to a four ball juggle, to get to a five ball juggle, then you're going to have a powerful experience to base all your other development from, skill development. And you're going to have a clear example of what happens when you work hard it's not quite so clear if you're a rugby league player and you've been playing since you were five years old um, I had this conversation with Latrell Mitchell he's talking about fluking big plays you know he said oh sometimes I, I just yeah the boys look to me to fluke a big play and I was like have you been making big plays for a long time he's like yeah he said, well, do you think those big plays came from you playing a lot of footy and working on those big plays from when you were little. He's like, yeah, I was always, you know, I always knew I wanted to be a star player. I always knew I wanted to, you know, to get to the highest level. And I, and I practiced a lot as a kid. So because it happened so early in his life and it becomes such second nature to him, you know, I think, and this happens with a lot of guys, they start to think that it's, it's natural to them. And the worst thing in the world is to think of talent as being something that's natural. The worst thing in the world is to think of talent as being natural. If Usain Bolt had have been, you know, born in Miami and his parents were overweight and lazy and they just watched TV, there's every chance that he would be obese right now. He could be pre-diabetic. He might have already lost a toe with to diabetes. If he was in the wrong environment, for sure that could have happened. Now, right now, he's probably super insulin sensitive. And, you know, he's one of the, he's world renowned for what he's done as a sprinter. But if he hadn't have been in a fast environment, he, he would never have done that. And that's, that's definitely true. So we do all have potential and genetics do matter to an extent, but it's not worth putting a lot of time into thinking about that because all we can really control is daily process. Okay. We can control our vision, what we're working towards. And we can control daily process. So that is what we, we do want to control. And if you can prove to yourself that you have the ability to learn new things and to persist with them and to be very disciplined, any single example of that is going to give you power in the rest of your life. Okay, so I want you to have something in your life that you realize this is, this is making me better. I'm doing something here that I couldn't do before. Um, I'm going to throw to an example here. Edelman, Julian Edelman, Relentless. His book is, is, is very entertaining and it's really interesting. His dad worked him really hard as a junior athlete and 
he just built into him the the concept of a continual learning of continually getting better and his dad would you know call up from work and say julian go out and make 50 baskets or go out and do half an hour of dribbling uh left hand right hand and you know julian edelman played uh, a lot of baseball played some basketball and eventually went on to be part of the super bowl winning uh New England Patriots. But when you look at the journey that he went through to get there, he's got 1.7 million uh, followers on Instagram right now. Read his book and understand, you know, listen to it on Audible. Like, I highly recommend you, you get on Audible as well, guys. Um, it's, uh, yeah, a, a way that you can listen to a, you know, listen to a lot more books. I guess you, you're going to effectively read a lot more. Best stuff to get on Audible is like stories, um, reference, more reference type stuff, better to get with hard copies so you can flick to the parts that you want to read and, and jump around chapters a little bit. But things like biographies and autobiographies are really good to, to get on Audible. So that, yeah, that Edelman story, like he worked so hard as a kid and he was told so many times that he wasn't going to make it. He had to reinvent himself. Like through college, he was a, a quarterback um, and you know he he became a quarterback I guess late in high school and he, he did well as a college quarterback but he wasn't going to be considered as an NFL quarterback he was too short but they knew that he was too good a competitor to be completely written off and he was a running quarterback right so he was getting some great results running the ball as a quarterback as well as throwing so he went into the draft and he wasn't even predicted to get drafted. He got drafted seventh round as a surprise and, and he wasn't expecting to make it through as most guys, you know, don't who, who are at that sort of position, they don't make it through, uh, the sort of pre preseason camp. The, the rookies go in early and usually they get fed off to other teams, um, or sort of, you know, made free agents or or whatever they don't usually get to hang around and make that top cut okay so even though you get drafted it doesn't mean that you're going to actually even get to to practice with the top squad edelman got himself on offense defense and special teams and he had to learn the whole team's um, systems around all three and it, it took a long time before he actually had any kind of role in the team and the work ethic that he had and the challenge that he had like he was crazy he he worked so hard and his dad you know encouraged him to to get so so good but one of the things i really enjoyed and and that you know overlapped with what we're talking about here is that every day or every game day he would spend uh, an hour doing hand-eye coordination drills with the gear man um, early before anyone else would get to the field. He would be like the first guy to get there and he would do an hour of hand-eye coordination every day on, on game day. So the that really overlaps with what I'm talking here with, with the juggling, like building up your fundamental skills and having a practice of, of you know doing some stuff that other people aren't doing to get results that other people aren't getting. You know, buy, buy into that. Continue to learn, continue to add things. Um, Sonny Bill Williams, you know, at that camp that he came to, he came to my house the day after my son was born, my second child, probably the only person that I would have wanted uh, staying there with me at the time other than family um, was Sonny. You know, Sonny came and trained and it was it was great to have him there in the house at, at such a special time. His willingness to learn and develop and be humble enough to take on juggling, to be humble enough to take on uh, foot skills 
all the things that we were doing together with his weights and his rehabilitation stuff that he was doing with um, Joseph Coyne, like uh, speed development, like he was just there to learn. He just wanted to go away from our place with something that he didn't have when he arrived, you know, and he bought in deeply. You know, we did some um, some personal development stuff. We went through some of the Bob Proctor material and there was, you know, a lot of power in the experiences that he had. And obviously for me, you know, facilitating that and having him, you know, part of, part of my life, you know, my home life for a period, like that was a powerful experience for me as well. You know, seeing that he didn't want to end his day until he'd nailed it. You know, he was, he was constantly writing stuff down. Um, late at night, you know, he'd be doing his foam roller. First thing in the morning, he'd be, he'd be straight back into exactly what he thought was best. Like he's the most, uh, you know, systematic in, in application of doing things to be better. And this is at a stage where, you know, he'd already, you know, already won a premiership, already been to the Olympics, already played for the All Blacks, you know, and, and had multiple professional boxing matches. Like every time he took on a new challenge, the media was, he's going to fail here. Like, there's no way he can do this. And a lot of people have, you know, waited for him to fail. And he hasn't because he continues to learn and continues to reinvent himself, okay? So you can look up things like growth mindset. Uh, Carol Dweck has a great book around growth mindset. Um, Talent Code, Daniel Coyle. These are really powerful resources that will help to reinforce this idea that anything you don't have just haven't done enough work for it yet. Okay, so uh, these are some of the the key things that I would say to a junior athlete. Like these are going to make all the difference. If you do these things, if you just work harder than other people, and work smarter. You know, have a vision for yourself. This is probably the number four here. It's like have a vision for yourself. Like what's best case? If you just did everything that you could, what would you love to see happen? Write that down and put energy into it every day. It's amazing how many of the athletes that have really changed the world and have really, you know, gone to the next level or people in all walks of life, they, they've written something down. They've had a vision. They've had something that they hold on to of who they're going to be and where they're going to get to. And they haven't let circumstances, you know, failures, people tell them they can't do it. They haven't let that stuff knock them off course. So the vision that you have for yourself is, is key. So, I, I call this imagination. Like whatever it is that you dream for yourself, like don't stunt that. Like what is the what is your best case scenario for life? As an athlete, but as a human, what is your best case scenario for life? And write that stuff down and then think about what it might take in terms of process to get towards that. Okay, so practice is is process, meaningful practice where you've got your whole concentration there and you're really trying to get better. If you've got those those two things, you know, if you've got that big vision, you know where you want to get to, you can see yourself, you know, being a world-changing athlete, then you've got something to to base your your daily actions around. Without that bigger thing, there's really nothing to base your actions around. There's nothing to to drive your process, nothing to connect to. Okay? So, it matters. And I recently had a conversation with an athlete and it was a circular conversation and 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 it was really like, yeah, he's, you know, he's towards the end of his career. He's done okay. He's played a hundred and something NRL games. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing okay. Uh, I don't look to look, like to look too far ahead. I like to just, you know, stay humble and just, um, yeah, just keep my head down and do the work day after day. 
And that attitude, if if he'd have had the attitude of I'm I'm going to be the best I can be, I'm going to look for I'm always looking for something where I can improve. Like the gifts that that guy has as an athlete, everybody he would be a household name, and he's not because you know. He just didn't have a vision and, and sort of talking to him about things that he could maybe improve in terms of nutrition, lifestyle. Um, there's no foundation to, to change that stuff when there's no dream. Okay, so there needs to be a dream. Secondary to the dream is knowing that it can happen. If you if you study, you know, the great people of history, the people have been told, you know, there's no way you're going to do that and then they go and do it anyway. That happens over and over and over again. The greatest people in history have always done things that average people thought, was impossible. Okay. So if people are telling you it can't be done, that's a great sign that you want to do something special. If everyone says, oh yeah, that's, that's cool. Like you probably do that. It's probably not a big enough dream. Okay. You want to actually have people say, you know, that's ridiculous or you don't even tell people because they wouldn't understand. They wouldn't, they wouldn't believe it. And that's just because they haven't, they haven't gone after anything big themselves. They don't really understand the nature of reality and how it bends around powerful minds and powerful decisions. So make powerful decisions and you will bend reality around that. Your process every day will be shaped by that vision. So Marinovich, if you haven't looked up uh, Marinovich, Todd Marinovich, Marinovich uh, training system stuff is really interesting. But the Marinovich story uh, of the kid who wanted to become a quarterback, his dad played, I think it was Marv. There's two two brothers, Marinovich brothers, who had an impact on strength and conditioning. Their strength and conditioning stuff is, is really cool. Um, but the bigger bigger picture, uh, you know, they, he decided that he wanted his son to be an NFL quarterback and the, the son bought into it. The son was 100% driven to become an NFL quarterback and he, he trained for it basically from the day he was born. The movie is documentary is extremely powerful in you know depicting his life and the training system worked. The kid was a, a high school star. He was a you know junior peewee football or whatever, you know like from the start he was a star and you know he did well in high school, he did well in college and he was all set, you know, to to make it. What was missing there in that process? Yes, he had a dream. Yes, he had daily process to get there, and his training methods and dedication to that, and um, were next level. But what he was missing was basic human needs. Okay, so this is the the last one. The one that I'm going to finish on here is. Treat yourself as a human first, okay? So within this is nutrition, wellness, okay? So your basic human needs of sleep, you need quality digestion, um, you need stability around you, emotional stability. A lot of the best athletes have come from really challenging backgrounds because that's where they've they've drawn a lot of energy from that and they've you know really wanted to to fight to get into a different circumstance, a different situation, um, and they've been fighting for love in a lot of ways. Building some balance um, into your life as a human and looking after your health uh, first. The foundation for performance is wellness, right? So one of the biggest reasons why I didn't make it to the Olympics was because my health wasn't good enough. I, con- I consistently had overuse injuries. I wanted to train more, 
but my bones and my tendons were unable to deal with the load that I wanted to apply. So I had like um, stress fractures and um, or irritations that were very close to stress fracture that just made it really painful um, to run. Um, I had yeah tendon insertion issues and all over sort of my body. Whenever I trained hard, like that was always something that broke me down and I didn't understand that I needed to control my blood sugar. So episode number one, I spoke about controlling blood sugar. You can't add muscle if you don't have insulin sensitivity. Okay, so insulin helps amino acids to get into the cells. When you have no insulin sensitivity or you're no insulin production, then you become very skinny and you die of starvation. This is what happens with type 1 diabetes, right? So you need to have control uh, of your blood sugar and you need to be eating a diet that supports your goals, okay? So I listened to the sports dietitians and nutritionists and I ate a lot of carbohydrate and I cut out a lot of fat and as a result, I my health suffered. I became injured. I probably went into puberty later. Um, I, I struggled to add muscle mass. So a lot of issues came because I got bad advice around uh, nutrition, you need to be getting to sleep, right? Sleep is where you recover, where you grow, you know, get to sleep early. This kind of stuff, a lot of it you kind of know that you need to do. You will need to do good research and, and connect with people who are getting next level results because the common wisdom is not going to take you to the highest level. You know, that's pretty much a given for any area of life. Like if you want to get to the highest level, then you need to be doing stuff that most people aren't doing. This kind of comes to, um, you know, the human first thing, like you need to be okay. You're going to have to be okay with not being normal. Okay. And that, that's too much for a lot of people. That's the reason why a lot of high school, you know, sports stars and junior sports stars stop competing is because they just don't want to be out of the ordinary. They want to fit in with everybody else. So they start to drink they want to be up late playing video games on social media. There's not a big enough vision to say, hey, if I'm doing what everybody else is doing, I'm probably going to get what everybody else is getting. Now, if what I want is something that very few people have ever gotten or no one's ever gotten, then I'm going to have to be doing things differently to those other people. And, you know, that's a that's a challenging thing for a kid. It's a challenging thing for an adult. You know, we, we want to feel part of a tribe and there's a level of conformity with that so what you need to do biggest best things to be able to to feel that power and to be able to um yeah sort of deal with that peer pressure of what you know doing what everybody else is doing and not wanting to be left out of the crowd and that sort of thing is to try and try and find some other people who feel like you do you know try and find some other people who uh, are working really hard towards something. One of the best ways you can do that is is through those online resources, like um, you know checking out the story of of um, Edelman or you know Marinovich, Tiger Woods. There's there's a lot of uh, there's negatives there as well, but you can learn from the mistakes that they've made. Um, I would say what's missing and the biggest piece for me when I look at the Marinovich story, like the training was right. The kid wanted to train. He just didn't get a, a social and spiritual education together with his physical education. So what is your social and spiritual education? So this is getting really deep. And I know that you know for a lot of kids, this is like, whoa, this is, you know, I'm not, I don't know how to think about this. But 
philosophy is going to play a big part. I would recommend check out Stoic philosophy, uh, check out Buddhist philosophy. There used to always be like most most people, I guess, uh, listening to this Anglo sort of back or like English speaking background. Like Christianity is kind of the the dominant religion. It's not really that dominant in a lot of households anymore. And what that means is there's not really a underlying philosophy of how you're meant to live. Most parents, most of us will have grown up without having a strong philosophy instilled in us. So we have to go out and find that philosophy. And you can find some of it from athletes, but it's also probably good to look at some of the best philosophers. So like Lao Tzu, Coach Wooden, uh, you know, these kind of resources are going to help you to form your philosophy of who you are as a human being. Um, yeah, Buddhist philosophy, Stoic philosophy. Okay, so I'm going to just do finish up with a little bit on this um, Stoic versus Epicurean philosophy because if if this hits home together with sort of the what we're talking about here in terms of um, coachability and such, then I can see a really good life coming. So. I'm I'm challenging you here to take on something that most adults haven't taken on and you know this is it's a constant battle it's definitely a process and a battle for myself as well. I haven't nailed all the all of these things and I didn't nail these things as a kid. Otherwise I would have uh, I would have done a lot more. I would have done a lot more as a kid. But I'm glad that it went the way it did and I'm happy with the role I get to play now. Like trust the process and everything happens for a reason. Like I'm, I'm but if this, you know, if, if you're listening to this, then you're probably listening to it for a reason too. Okay. So this stoic philosophy in a nutshell is like do what's hard today and tomorrow will be easy. Okay. So the thing of getting out of bed, making your bed, eating good food, staying away from junk food, you know, Staying away from your phone or video games late at night, turning up to training early, being the person who trains hardest. All of these things are, they're hard to do. They're challenging. Today, to do that is hard. The easy thing to do is to do what everybody else does, to half-ass it, to turn up late and think you only live once. This is the contrary philosophy is you only live once, just have fun today. But the thing is, if you just go out and try and have fun today, then that might take you to Krispy Kremes. It might take you, you know, it might mean that you go to training, but you just play around and um, you don't really apply yourself. At the end of that day, where, where is the satisfaction? At the end of the day, where is, you know, and what is the cumulative effect of that action, right? Where you are today is what you've done in the past stacked on top of itself, okay? Over and over again, stacked on top of itself. Where you were, you know, what you did yesterday, what you did the day before, what you did. Every second of your life up until now is stacked together to become who you are right now. Who are you going to be tomorrow and five years from now is what you stack on top of each other in the instant of now, in the, for the future, okay? So all we get to do is right now, am I doing something that's taking me to where I want to go? The more times that you can say, yep, this is this is going in a good direction, the better, you know, that the, the faster you're going to get to where you want to go. For sure, you can have times where you play computer games. Like I played computer games growing up, but I didn't play them late at night when I was meant to be sleeping so that I could recover, okay? I, you need to have some control and some balance with those things. 
not balance in the sense of like balance is a word that, that kind of pisses me off, right? Because balance is like it's something that you want to stay away from. <laughs> if you're just doing everything in moderation, if you're doing everything the way everybody else does it, if you're trying a little bit of everything, then you're never actually going to be really good at anything. Okay, good things in life happen at the extremes. When you expose yourself to really high blood lactate, then you get you get fit and you get tolerance to, to intense exercise. When you expose yourself to high temperatures, then you become tolerant to high temperatures and your body adapts in, in different ways that actually makes you younger and, and helps to detoxify the body and all these sorts of things. Okay, so good things happen at the extremes. Don't try and sit in the middle. Um, don't try and be average if, you're, if you, you, your dream is is to do something that that few people have done before. Okay, so uh, this Stoic philosophy, it's ancient Greek uh, philosophy. It's do 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 the hard stuff today, and life tomorrow will be really good. And that goes across everything that we do. It goes across you know finances. It goes across education. Do the tough stuff today. If you keep going after the tough stuff, then then life will be really good. And this is a message for me as much as it's a message for you. You know, I'm, I'm trying to embody this stuff as much as I can, like a big part of my drive to train each day and, and even, you know, to be able to, to do these podcasts and speak about these things. You know, they come because I'm trying to live this. And the more I can live it, the more I can share what I'm doing, you know, the bigger the contribution I can make. So, you know, I'm, I'm going through this process exactly the same as as you are. I'm trying to avoid the naysayers. I'm trying to be coachable, um, and and try is a bad word. Try is a bad word. I do ignore naysayers. I am coachable. I'm continually learning new things. I'm seeking new knowledge and I'm applying new knowledge. I learn new skills consistently. I have a vision for myself, a big vision, and. I am a human first and I'm making sure that I meet my basic needs and build on a basis of health. I do hard things today so that life tomorrow will be good. If you can say the same thing, then big things are coming. Big things are coming. Not too many people have nailed this stuff. The earlier in life that you can nail this, the more power to you. More power to you. If you've listened to this and you enjoyed it, you may be a youngster of 15 years or you may be a youngster of 30 years or you may be a youngster of 50 years or you may be a youngster of 75 years. I don't know who the youngest person, who the oldest person who might listen to this message is, but really it's it, it's what we're talking about is junior athletes and definitely it's valuable to, to that and that's what the stories were aimed around today. But this does apply to everybody and wherever we're at, there's a huge amount of trainability. There's a huge amount of room for improvement in, in blood chemistry and performance in thoughts. So let's continue to, to take them, take on philosophize and, you know, embody the best of what we can imagine for ourselves. Appreciate you jumping on today. Really, uh, excited to hear some feedback on this. I'd love to know one thing that, stuck with you, something that's going to change, something that you've found some clarity on. Uh, that's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. We're here to do our best, to share our best, and to, to embody the solutions to the challenges of our time. Thanks for jumping on. Talk to you guys soon. Man, that guy can talk. 
But he does it because he loves it. If you loved it, share it. Give us some feedback. What was great? What didn't you like? What was your biggest take-home message? Make sure you stay in touch with us on Instagram and share your wins, people. This win is only going to come if we do it together. We have to take ourselves further. By taking ourselves further, we give permission for everybody around us to make positive changes in their lives and to become the people who they want to become. Everybody's changing the world. You are changing the world. Let's do this together. Let's see how far we can take it. Imagine, imagine if we all put our full heart into becoming the best versions of ourselves every single day.